0: And Transformation Season 2, Episode 1. I'm Brian Wallace. And I'm Ralph Lowe. And I serve as the Direct uh, No, I don't. I'm not the Director of Justice Ministries at all. I serve as the Director of Justice Ministries and you serve. He serves as the Director of Justice Ministries. I serve as the Associate Minister here on the staff of Pittsburgh Presbytery. Welcome to 2021 Season 2021. 2. Season 2. I and do have a you said you got a serious question for me. I do.
1: All right. I do. I'm ready? So uh, I just got a call from my mom who wants me to pick up uh, Miracle Whip on the way home and drop it off at her apartment. So I got a question for you. Miracle Whip or mayonnaise?
0: The honest truth is neither. I don't really like mayo. I don't really like, I don't like Miracle Whip at all. Uh, And the truth is that if your burger needs mayo, you're doing it wrong.
1: (laughs) That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It's not. Of course it's Miracle Whip. And of course it goes with everything. Just no, so, just no. so you know, yes. No, you
0: don't. A, a, a properly cooked burger does not need mayo. It doesn't. It. But what about just a, like a ham sandwich or something like that? That that mayo mayonnaise? No. No. Okay, fair. I'll put Italian dressing on like subs and stuff. Now that we can agree. With. Or olive oil, salt, and pepper. Yes.
1: okay, All right. Thank you for that. All Thank right. you for that. So. It's been an interesting year, Brian. It has been. It's been a while since we've talked. It's been a while since we talked uh, since season two, and you had a great idea, which I which I, I concurred one hundred percent. Which is, why don't we talk about what we've learned? Yeah. In twenty twenty. Yeah. So, I think I'm gonna press it to you first. Okay. Um, Brian, what did you learn in twenty twenty?
0: I learned a lot in twenty twenty. Yeah. I. I think, I think it's especially fitting um, that we kind of say at the outset that there's a theme to both of our answers. Yes. So we don't script these things, but we do talk about them so we have some idea of what we're going to say. Yeah. And about, you, five about, five, about five minutes. About five minutes. And you and I agreed that it's basically we've come a long way yeah. in the area of race and faith and the way that they intersect in this country but we also learned we got a long way to go. Yes, we do. Right, and both those things can be true. Yes, yes. Um, And so that's the theme for both of our answers. I think for me, and I think part of this actually flows out of what I learned through the process of doing this, which is um, realizing, and I kind of actually feel stupid saying this, but realizing that who you are and kind of the road you've walked in life impacts and shapes how you interpret and experience events that are going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole reason we've been sitting here doing this now mm-hmm. came out of the murder of George Floyd, yeah. Yeah. in which I called you up and was like, hey, like we need to talk about this and get something out to our pastors mm-hmm. so that they and their congregations can hear from a person of color, Yeah, right? Yeah. And so for me, I think seeing that repeated a number of times of where things would happen, mm-hmm. And I would have one reaction, and you would have a different reaction. And even though in some ways those reactions were aligned, right? You were horrified by the George Floyd incident. I was horrified by the George Floyd incident. Like, that wasn't the difference. But the personal level of reaction mm-hmm. to it for me was different than for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we saw that over and over, mm-hmm. right? Like, like every time one of these things would happen, it would be, oh, here's how I experienced that, here's how you experienced that from the election, from January 6th, mm-hmm. right? Yes. I sir. mean, you and I had a similar reaction to what happened on January 6th. Mm-hmm. And I think it's foolish for us to not admit that race is one of those things. Yeah. That, that, who, that who you are racially, your experience in this country impacts the way that you experience the news and That's okay. That's okay. That is okay. That's okay. okay. Yes. Right? Yes. And like I I didn't experience George Floyd the way you did. I didn't experience January 6th the way you did. It meant it impacted us differently. But I think the key for me to understand is like we like to be the Christian community. Yeah. To be the Christian community that we're called to be, we have to be able to empathize, Mm -hmm. at least understand. Mm -hmm where other people are coming from and how they experience things, even if we don't experience them the same way, yeah, right? So like, we're not gonna get into this today, but both Ralph and I looked at January 6th Mm -hmm. and said, there's an element at which race is at play here. That's correct. Right? That is absolutely correct. And like, like both of us picked up on that. And yet for me, my reaction was like, oh man, that's nuts that wasn't quite your reaction. No, no. My reaction was, as I, as it actually played
1: out live for us, you know, I have my four young men, black men, who were my boys sitting in front of me, my lovely wife, who was white, sitting next to me, who was saying, I can't believe this. And my reaction was just, you know, as this is a reaction to the Browning of America, and it's playing out on live TV as, they, as the, the insurrection happened. So, you know, I appreciate. I really appreciate what you've said so far. Uh, my, ex, my. What I would add to that is my experience of twenty twenty. What I've, what I've come to learn is, I guess I can put it in a phrase, which is, um, you know, the opportunity to realize who you are starts with. And this is come. This is coming from a faith perspective, because in my chair and as a director of justice ministries what I've heard the most over the course of 2020, and this is a simple way I'm gonna say this, and Brian and I will talk about this in a later time, but what I've heard most is, Ralph, how can I talk about race at my church, but not talk about race at my church, okay? So what I, what I've, what's been very apparent to me in 2020, to all my faithful brothers and sisters who are white, and pastors who are truly loving and truly wants to do the right thing and try to combat these things that are um, happening in, in our country and in the world, is that it needs to start with a mirror. Because if you cannot, if you're not able to look at yourself, dig deep and find out, you know, why do I have different reactions to, to Ralph, understanding that people of color have a different reaction to events of the world and to, as Phil Vischer would say, care enough to invest time and effort to that process, to understanding why they care. Understand, I'm sorry, understanding why the, the reaction is different, understanding yeah. why these, this person of color wants to march to Washington on a hot summer afternoon and say, I matter and I value. That's where we can start. We can, as Brian said earlier, we can have a difference of opinion or a different emotion when it comes to events. But what we can't do as a community of faith is dismiss that feeling as non-existent or not give value to the feeling of our brothers and sisters of color. Over the last, over the last year though, I have become painfully aware of how distant we are from that knowledge mm-hmm. and want to approach it in a way that's conducive to our Christian values. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, in the church, yeah. I think it's it, it, it's been interesting for me over and over this year mm-hmm. to realize how, for me, I don't speak for all white people. Yeah. You don't speak for all black people. Yeah. But for me, things that I'm like that ain't about race. Yeah. You're like, ah. Uh, it is about. I race. think it's about race. Yes. Right. Yes. And like, like. So even for us, it's been like I'm like that's not about. Wait a minute. Yeah, and it. And as we touched on it in one of our first episodes. Mm-hmm. But what if it is? But what if it is? And you don't know if right. So like like just like I think for me a lot of it was just learning, to appreciate, and like see and begin to wonder. I wonder how people who don't look like me, who don't sit in my position within society are reacting and receiving this. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and I just wanna like drive home something that Ralph said, because what he said is really, really important. Ralph and I are never, ever gonna have the same reaction mm-hmm. to certain events. He's never, like never, and it's not even, and the goal shouldn't be to have the same. No. The goal should not be for Ralph to react to things the same way that Brian does, mm-hmm. or vice versa. Right, Because all that simply does is either whitewashes you, mm-hmm. You should react like a white person That's or right. collapse, co opt your collapse. experience from That's my right. own, let's be honest, assuaging right. my guilt. Yep. Right?
1: Which you and I both agree on. There's no place nope. for that. No. You know, okay. the, the, the what I don't want, no. and I do not speak for all people of color, but I'm speaking for this <laughs> man of color. I do not want your guilt affecting the way you approach yep. your intentions to my well-being and my value. That is not yep. where I want you to be. Yep. What I want you to do is respond to your faith and love in Christ and understand that because I do, because I'm called to be a reflection of Christ, this is how I'm gonna respond, yes.
0: right? And that's puts it, and you put it so well, right? It's like, like learning, learning to love one another mm-hmm. means learning to appreciate the experiences of other people That's right. and at least recognize them as valid. That's right. right? The value is important.
1: Yes. Um, and guilt does not allow you to do that. I don't care what anyone no. says. Kill does not allow you to do that. I, it, that that is, that is There's no place for that, uh, um, in that in that reconciliation. So yeah,
0: yeah. Because because what we don't need right. is we don't need white people trying to sway their own guilt. Yeah, on the backs of black and brown Absolutely, people. absolutely. Just, not. You know that's and like and honestly, on the one hand, like that is free. Th- that's freeing, Yeah, I think for people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just to you know just to see and to be able to recognize and to accept mm-hmm. like hey, like we're not going to have the same reaction mm-hmm. but how are, like like how are you responding to this yeah and like being able to build community that way
1: yeah and then, oh, I wanted to add to that it's something else 2020 has revealed to me in the experience since really since George Floyd as you yeah. mentioned, is how many progressive people, white brothers and sisters, at least we think we are, right? You, you think you are progressive and how many I've heard from and talked to and, and how um, excited they get to be part of uh, um, finding the answer to those individuals who are not as progressive. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, Am I saying it as simply as I can? Yeah. And what I learned in 2020 to all my progressive white brothers and sisters is you're not as progressive as you think you are, okay? I say that with all love in my heart because the same thing that Brian just said and, and I you know, piggybacked on applies to you as well. I've been witness to so many times my, my progressive white brothers and sisters wagging their finger at those individuals who have not progressed as far as they have who have not who have said the wrong thing in this company or or even did the wrong thing in in this company yeah. and i got to tell you that in itself speaks into this christian value we're yeah. talking about yeah. because how in the world am i how in the world can you i expect you to value me right and and my outlook on the world and how I see things differently than you because of my experience as a black man, when you can't even value that person next who looks like you and just doesn't understand as much as you do maybe, or, or just hasn't been exposed to the amount of things that you, you possibly have. We were so quick to cancel, cancel culture. When yep. our episodes, go back and watch it. We're so quick to cancel those individuals when really we're, we're supposed to be journeying into the beloved community. Right. Part of that journey is offering an opportunity for people who have all different beliefs and backgrounds and understandings to come together so that when we do come together, we can talk it out and move forward together. I mean, I I can't say any more simpler than that. What I've noticed in 2020, though, is the division that exists between those two. And I'll just leave it simply with those two has broadened to a point where we can't there's just just no communication there. If you don't feel this way, then you're wrong. And if you do feel this way, then you're wrong. And there's no collaboration, conversation happening at all. And I, and I think for 2020, what I really, really learned the most is if we truly want to be Christians and love each other, we got to start loving those who look like us just as much as we love mm. the ones who don't. Mm. It, it, it truly amazes me on both sides, how we can be so divisive and dismissive of our brothers and sisters of color and who who are white. It is amazing to me how we've done that over the past year. Um, But that being said, I will say, I'm also in all of those individuals who have taken the opportunity, like Brian Wallace, to speak out and be the first one to raise their hand and say, you know what, I don't know, but I'm learning. To, uh, as an example, Brian said, or to be the first one to understand that what I'm seeing or witnessing in the media, in the news, in the world today is affecting my my brothers and sisters of color differently. I need to reach out to them so that I can understand how they're feeling. Mm -hmm. So I know how to reach out to them in the future in a healing way, in a caring way, as Phil Bisher would say, in a caring way, just so they can understand. Um, To my brothers and sisters, my white brothers and sisters, who speak out in a way that become ostracized from their congregations and from their family and friends for speaking in a way that is caring and understanding for people of color. I see you, I love you, and I appreciate that. I I really, really do. So I I, I wanted to make sure I, I, I called them out. But I have to be honest, I am disheartened at the amount of individuals who, on a daily basis, Brian, don't allow themselves to see past of the division in a way that is loving and caring. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: that's one of the things I yeah. saw in 2020 as well. Yeah. I, I think for me, the challenge is just getting to the point of frustration. Yeah. To where it's not, you know, because I know, I know in principle what I should do is if I see somebody who says something or posts something that's cringy, Mm. I should say, tell me more why you, like, like, why do you think that, right? That, that I should lead with this kind of like openness, right? And like trying to understand, seek first to understand, right? Because maybe, you know, like, like. Like they have their reasons, right? And you may not like their reasons, you may not agree with their reasons, but like the classic method is, so somebody says something wildly racially insensitive, and the best response you can have is, wow, that's interesting, I'm not sure I agree, but could you explain more why you think that? Right? And in my head, I can be like, that's what I gotta do. And what actually happens is, Oh my gosh, you are so dumb. Yeah. I, just, I can't even, <laughs> I, I cannot handle how rape, like could you be more racist right now? Yeah. That's what's running through my head, yeah. right? Yeah. And the frustration is just, I don't have time. I don't have time, I don't have patience. I can't put up with this. Like the fact that you keep posting about how Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization, I'm not engaging that. Yeah, and So and so, and thank you for that. And the problem with that is, the only way that
1: that division and that constant pressure in, in the, the, uh, the affirmation of those individuals who have those racist, racist views and opinions. The only way that changes is if people who look like Brian take the opportunity to stop and say, you know what, I, I don't understand where that came. Can we talk a little bit more about that? I need to understand where that comes from. Because if I can't do that as a person of color, I cannot. Brian, pe- and people who look like Brian, and I and I mean white individuals mm-hmm. who look like Brian can. Okay. And that is important. Yeah. It truly is. Yeah. And I think uh for 2020s especially, um it was so polarizing mm-hmm. to talk about race and racism, you know, in in we have a tendency in this country to lean hard into what we don't feel is racism, but you know we're, we, I'll just say it out loud. You know we confuse racism for patriotism. We do. Um, in, in ways that sometimes are so visceral that for us even to, for anyone to even um, suggest that your views in some way align with some racist views, when it's when you feel like it's your you you are being a true patriot of this country and your values line up to that oh my goodness you want to see a line in the sand right mm-hmm. so again that's not going to come from me that's going to have to, that has to come from my white brothers and sisters who are in those circles where it's happening and for you to speak up in a way that's very hard but it has to be loving and it has to be in a way that invites conversations as Brian and I've said in each and every episode that we have aired so far in, in season one, um, to being transformation through God. That, that's the only way it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh 2020 is taught us, if 2020 has taught us anything, is that division hurts everyone. Mm-hmm. Right? Division, the 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 in the polarization of division is is just, I don't even have the words for it right yeah. now. It's just, it's so disheartening at times, right, Brian? Yeah. And the only change that happens through that is, is through people who look like Brian. Right, the, the, the real change. I cannot do this as a person of color. At least I can't do it by myself. There's no change that happens that way. I've definitely learned that and more so, more, more than any other time in my life, uh, I learned that. And maybe it was because of the the chair that I sent in, Director of Justice Ministries, but you know, I saw the biggest transformation happening through God when people like Brian, and I'm just gonna name them out loud, Carissa Howell and Sheldon, um, our AP, um, those individuals who took the opportunity to stay and, and, and speak up for the things that they believe are true to the Christian values in a way that's important for transformation to happen, truly, um, and we need
0: more individuals who are willing to do that. Uh, we need more individuals who are willing to do that. Uh, yeah, I mean, part of it, I think, just in, in knowing our main audience, which yeah. is largely clergy friends mm-hmm. of ours, um, and lay leaders in congregations, yeah. you know, one of, the, like, one of the big challenges that we've heard, and we know is true, is like people paid a price yeah. this year for speaking up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's like, unfortunately, that comes with the territory. It does. I think what I'm thinking about, even as we sit here and talk, is like it is that race seems to be an area that is so easy to conflate politics and religion. Mm-hmm. At least it has become that. Mm-hmm. And you know, like when we started this, we like we talked about why race matters to personal discipleship, right? Like we wanted to talk we, about we did, why yeah. race matters yep. in the area of personal discipleship. Yeah. And yet, it's so easy to conflate to to conflict because they are connected. Right? Because they are connected. Right? They are connected. Yeah. It's not like like it, like it's not artificial. Mm-hmm. And no matter your perspective, no matter the point you sit, it happens. Mm-hmm. And yet it's what makes this issue so, so difficult. Mm-hmm. And I think what's interesting to me is that like this election cycle I think made it worse for our people in the churches because it became so personal. Mm-hmm. It became so personal. It did, it did. It that did. like, for the first time, like I don't remember, and maybe I was just off, but I don't remember in 2000, 2004, 2008, 2012, people talking about followers of George W. Bush, followers of John Kerry, yeah. followers of John McCain, followers of Barack, uh, Barack Obama. And yet I heard a lot about followers of Donald Trump and and followers of Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Yep. You did, and the language of follower bothers it, bo- it, 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 it bothers me yeah. deeply, and yeah. I think it's it, it's disturbing to me um, because this is truly a both sides thing, and like I, I really caution myself against using both sides language. Yeah. But if you're a Christian and you are a follower of someone, that to me raises alarm. Like I don't want people to follow me as a pastor. Yeah. Like like that's not the language that I want people to think of. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not a follower. Yeah. Of that, right? Like our entire discipleship and identity is to be rooted in Jesus. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and it's easy to sidestep that and be like, we shouldn't take our identity from politics. But on this one, we really shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Right? And 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 for me what begs the question, and this is not for this episode, by the way, we've, we've already done about three things we swore we weren't gonna do we today. We did, we did. Uh, we're not very good at this. Yeah. We were like, We're not gonna talk about the yes. uh, about January 6th. Yes. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah. Um <laughs> Uh, but but for me there's a question of of what what underlies this drive for identity outside of Christ. Yeah. Like 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 what, why? And and truly, I think what I've seen on both sides, and again I'm using both sides language, sure. but Absolutely. I think on kind of the fans of, of Donald Trump, it was around a personality. Mm-hmm. And for my progressive friends, and this goes church and non-church people well. It became around a set of values, values. and ideas mm-hmm. that became ironclad. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was that was kind of troubling. Yeah. For me. Yeah. That was kind of troubling because, like, again, I have a healthy dose of evangelical in me. I'm, st- I'm still been deeply formed by that. And like the, and it's why I love I love the language of personal discipleship, mm-hmm. right? Like there is a personal relationship with a risen savior. And it's those values, it's kingdom values. Yeah. Like it's not, I mean, yes, they, like th- there is overlap into political values, but there's kingdom values that we're called to embody. Yeah. And what 2020 taught me is like it's so easy for us to fall into human value systems, mm-hmm. many of which were destructive, mm-hmm. right? and like if you can't tell just by listening to us where our politics are you're missing something yes, by the way right but let's just say this right where you and i have pushed back against our progressive friends has been on this idea, this idea of canceling that's right of not exercising that's grace right. and right. of right. forgiveness mutual forbearance is, is something we talk yeah. about a lot about in two episodes right, right? yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. And because you know cuz there are there are of my friends who are right leaning mm-hmm. who are um, who are devout, faithful Christians, who would simply say, Brian, you see everything through systems. Yeah. I'm talking about I'm talking individual, about individual responsibility. responsibility. Yeah, yep. individual right? responsibility. Yeah, and absolutely. then I go back, well, yeah, but what right? But the, point, but the point that I'm trying to make is like, if I said, no, you're just racist, they would say, no, Brian, you're not listening to me. And, you know, so, so if I don't have some forbearance and some willingness to listen, and I think that's hard. It's extremely hard. For us to be like, like, I'm tired of listening. Yeah. The problem is, back the train up, how many people had to listen to me say that's things? Right. <laughs> that's That was just gonna say, you That know, were, the, go ahead. That were based on either false assumptions, right? Things that I believed to be true that just weren't. Yeah. Or things that I needed to allow myself to be challenged mm. on
1: it's so it's so great you, you know I, I was having a conversation with um uh, just an, an individual in one of our congress in our, in our congregations and and she was talking about simply that and what she said was so beautiful what she said was you know ralph i was just a white woman she said i was in this conversation and i heard this woman talking it was a you know 10 of us all white and i heard this woman say something i'm not gonna say what she said because it was, it was very offensive and this, what the woman I was talking to said was, I remember when I said that, oh, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. I remember distinctly, you know, years ago saying that at some point, you know? And then she, what she said was, she said, and immediately I was going to be like, I, you can't, that's wrong, you can't say that. She said, but Ralph, I heard you, I heard you. Yeah. And, I, and I said, to, I took her aside and I said, listen, you know what, I, I said that, what you said, I, I've said that in the past. And it's interesting because what I've learned and she gave her a little bit of a history yeah. of how, she, of her growth and understanding about what she said, well, how how harmful what she said, how what she said was harmful, destructive, and it devalued people of color mm-hmm. in a way that the woman just didn't understand. Yeah. She just didn't understand. And I'm telling you, in that moment, she did more work for the kingdom. Yeah than one sentence that, one syllable that said, you are a racist. You should never say that in company like this. I can't put, right? Yeah, Seriously. that's going nowhere. That's going nowhere. That ends it. Right? Yeah. And I think in the book, I'm trying to pull us back because we could go on forever about 2020. I think what we can't bring into 2021, and Brian, you just said this earlier, is this opportunity that we now have for us to continue a conversation like that, for us to, to continue to separate ourselves, othering that we do, yeah. them versus us, yep. those liberals versus th- and us conservatives, however you wanna, blue and red, however you wanna do it, and continue to find ways to come together where our identity is centered in our discipleship in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, you, you said it so well, Brian, but I think, I know you said it more than one time in, these, in, in our episodes, I know that, um, but yet here we are in 2021 where I see just as much division as we st- when we started with the George Floyd yeah. episode. Yeah. And, and yeah, I just, I just think it's important for us to really hear that on both sides, on both sides. And yeah. you and I have grown over the year. Mm-hmm. I, I know I have, right? And I, 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 you and our, and our conversations, we have. And I can't tell you how many times Brian and I have sat down as brothers and Brian said this earlier, where he has said, I don't think that has anything to do with race. And I'll say, that has everything to do with race. And this is why, M- right? Multiple times. Multiple times. Multiple and times. I, one of the times was, and, and, I, and I'll tell you the evolution of how we've come together. When my brother, who is white, called me the day after the January 6th and asked, how are you doing? What can I do? What do you want to talk about? I said, you know, what I really need to talk about is how I can transition to all those wonderful, loving white pastors who call me, and and for the next two weeks, which all of you did, thank you very much. I love you for doing that. How can I make them see that this a portion of this has to do with the broadening of America, Yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, that, that truly yeah. in 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 that, in that moment is how we've evolved together, yeah. right? What I'd like to see all, you, all, of, all those who are watching this get to at some point, right? I don't have these um, visions of every predominantly white church coming together and, and having this great epiphany over the next year. That's not what I'm asking. But what I, what I am asking is if we truly take the opportunity to recognize our position as disciples of Christ, okay? And if you're listening to this, you are. You already recognize that and you recognize there's work to be that needs to happen. Then don't just stop with this listening to this this uh, video or, or or watching this video. Don't stop with you know I um, you know ha- have a, a a support group for or a book group that I read some um, um, books that broaden my horizons as pro- as progressives. Pressure your pastors to to have conversations to mm-hmm. offer spaces where you can have com- open honest dialogue right 2020 has shot has, has definitely showed me that we don't have enough of that happening in our yeah. churches right now yeah. we do not i value all our pastors in our in our congregations you all of all the ones i've talked to so far have given me so much you really have you taught me a lot but what i want to press upon you now and i want to hear your opinion on this is you know One of the things you really need to do as a pastor is create spaces. In 2020, I talked to so many pastors and leaders and congregations who come and say, you know, I'd like to be involved. I'd like to do something, do something in your church, create a space where there's open dialogue, where we can have the conversations like Brian and I are having right now, you know, we are friends that didn't happen. Just one day I walked in and like yeah, Brian and I are best buds, right? Yeah, that that, that, that didn't happen. um, It, It took time, conversation and effort. And and education becomes a race, and and racism in this country and oppression doesn't happen overnight. It takes time, repetition, and an
0: honest conversation about it. Two, two, think two comments here. I think one, like just for the sake of transparency, I remember as a kid, uh, like like teenager, Mm -hmm. early college, saying the following thing. I'm sure I said it out loud, where I said and believed that. your situation in life had more to do with your socioeconomics than your race. Mm. Okay? And that was, I would say, a justified belief mm. from growing up in a white suburb, predominantly white suburban school district, about 10% of my, of my classmates were African American, and seeing and visiting their houses and being like, they live like me. Their dad works at Kodak. Their mom works for Wegmans. Like they run on the same teams. Like like they're like me, right? So it's not about race. Mm. It's more about socioeconomics. I remember you telling me about this, right? Yeah. And so when I look back at the statement now, it's actually not that that statement is wrong. Right. Right it is an incomplete statement Correct. because it says, well, what impact does race have on your socioeconomics? That's right. Right. So the answer to that was not someone saying to me, Brian, that's racist. Mm-hmm. The answer was saying, okay, but why is that? Yeah. And what I feel like, and this comes back to like something I've learned a lot in 2020, is you constantly have to say, but why is, yeah. why is that? Why is that, why is that, why is that, why is that? You gotta back it up, keep mm-hmm. backing it up. Mm-hmm. And I think that holds true for all of us. If you wanna understand the underlying causes of, of racial inequality, right? In the United States, you gotta back up like seven or eight steps to really get to the underlying cause. Good luck. Good, right? Right. Seriously, because
1: the reason why I say good luck is, you know, and again, this is to mainly to my progressives. You know, what we want what you want is you wanna check a box. You're yeah. not talking about yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. You know, Ralph, thank you so much for, for the conversation, I, I've heard this before, I watched you and Brian on, on your awareness transformation, it's been so great, what can I do? As if to say, let's check a box, so I can, uh, I did that, all right, I'm good, yeah. right? What you're saying flies right in the face of that, which is you're not just checking a box, you are consistently checking box after box after box where you're constantly asking why, how, when, why? who, yeah. and never, ever, ever being okay with the, the answer you get because you're always digging deeper and asking yep. more and understanding, yep. right? Uh, that, again, is part of discipleship, our faith, yep. and what we're called to do. Yep. You know, we are Presbyterian, right? Reformed. Reformed,
0: and always reforming.
1: And always reformed, Yeah, right? I, how, I can't say this without, I don't wanna say this too loud because I was just about to scream. You know, we need to, if we're gonna truly be disciples and live in, into where Christ is calling us in our lives, We have to be doing that. We have to, you know, for a lot of you out there, you have devotionals every day or or once a week, right? Go to church once a week or, you know, Bible study twice a week or whatever you do, you know, you're purposeful about your faith and devotion and understanding, okay? Part of that is your growth in society and how it's gonna shape you. What are you getting out of that? All that time spent in, 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 in reading scripture and going to church and understanding and truly learning how to be disciples in this world, I think part of that has to be your action and your actions speak into what you truly value in this in, at this time. Um, but I love what you said because it, it, it's so true. You, you gotta keep asking them why. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you have to. Why is it that there were thousands of African-Americans, people of color, Marching on Washington in the summertime. Why is that? You know, you can you can say all the things you want about, you know, there's riots happening in, in cities and, you know, but there is a reason why some of that happened. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's not just because people of color felt like it. I'm telling you that's not why. I'm telling you there's reasons behind, right? And there is no way you can agree with or disagree with the reasons unless you investigate and understand and then form an opinion. Because I, I, Brian and I agree on a lot of things, some things we don't agree on, but I respect the fact on the things we don't agree on. He is taking the time as a white man to understand the reasoning behind certain situations and then just simply disagrees on it with me. Mm-hmm. Right. I respect that. Because he's taken the time and invested, in and what that does for me, it, it values who I am as a person. Shows further. that I care, and it right? shows. So you use
0: the vischer Yes, one thing you do. You just need to care. You just need yeah. to care. Yeah. It,
1: it truly does. Yeah. And uh, listen, I, we you and I talked a lot about this for over over these of this past twenty or twenty-five minutes, and I understand you. Everyone's trying to do as best as they can. It's, it's a pandemic. There's a lot going on in life. I I I, I get that. I really get that. But since we're talking about 2020 and moving into the second season uh, for Awareness and Transformation, I think we're gonna spend a lot of time in the realm of once you've educated yourself, what can we do yeah. next? But that doesn't happen if you've, if you've not taken upon yourself to do the background work, to asking the why initially, because great, I love you for listening to these Awareness Transformation videos and and trying to learn something, but if you're not actually doing something with them in your life,
0: I I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. So, like, I'm about to get myself in trouble. Yeah, you are. With what I'm I'm about to say. Like, one of the, I think, the real challenges in being in the seat that I sit and being in the seat that Ralph sits is that we are distanced from congregations. Um, We're associated with congregations, but we do not lead congregations, and it's super easy for people in our seats to be like, well, this is what our pastors need to do. And what I know is when I was serving as a pastor, you know what I hated? Was middle management types mm-hmm. like us telling pastors what to do. Amen. So, all that said, mm-hmm. I think the thing that I've learned in 2020 is that this stuff takes a deep dive. Yeah. Um, uh, it is really easy, and I think it assuages our conscience to make statements whether it be as part of our sermons, part of our pastoral prayers, in writing, and, and we feel like, okay, we did something yeah. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, right. But one of the things that I would wonder about and I would encourage you all who are pastors or lay leaders in congregations, is okay, so what's the deep dive that you're going to do? Because part of the challenge, I think for people is that statements, emails sent out, sermons, don't allow any kind of dialogue and feedback and the book that i'm reading right now is his truth is marching on the john lewis story Mm -hmm. and like if i have wanted one idea for you put together a reading group to read his truth is marching on Mm -hmm. by john lewis it backs up so far into the history of racism in this country back to when no one can argue or dispute it was an issue Way back. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like when you read His Truth is Marching On, the John Lewis story, I, I wonder if that doesn't provide some real opportunities to kind of peel back the layers to say, this is what it was like for John Lewis growing up. Mm. Right? This is what it was like. This is our history. And the guy just died. Yeah. We're not talking 40 years That's ago. Right. We're talking about somebody who just passed away. Yeah. And this was his lived experience. Yeah. And so at this point, like I read it, it is my devotional for the day. Yeah. Like it is so powerful and inspiring that like, I don't even need C.S. Lewis right now, right? It's, it's reading these stories. But, but I think for a lot of us, like the, the worry is, shoot, if I say this in my yes. sermon, I'm gonna get the angry yes. email. I'm gonna have to deal with it session and it's not worth it. I hear you, I hear you. And what I'm saying is I think the answer is not more statements, it's deeper dives. It's taking people deeper, and you may say, well, those people aren't gonna come. Fine, find the people who will, right? And take the deep dive to really help you understand and grow, and here's what I'll say. I have learned reading that book. Mm -hmm. I have learned reading that book and being like, man, that is messed up. That is is messed up that in 1952 fill in the blank. Oh yeah. Like my mom was alive when that was happening. Mm-hmm. She was ten. Yeah. Sorry mom, didn't mean to say that loud. Right. Right? <laughs> but like like that's I think the value of the of the deep dive. Yeah. Yeah. Is that on one hand it's very disarming. Yeah. It's not 1920s in Georgia anymore. <laughs> that's right. But that was real. Yeah. So if there's one piece of advice for people people listening, forget the statements. If you're just gonna write, you know, one sermon about race in twenty twenty one, don't. Mm-hmm. Okay. don't uh, don't you know don't just make a statement take a deep dive, a deep dive. if you're going to do one thing yeah. right if you're going to do multiple things everything's on the table yeah. if you do one thing take a deep dive Yeah.
1: yeah with I couldn't
0: more I could and agree if more. it's two three four five people in your congregation fine yeah but I have learned more and that's what and I'll stop talking after this I have learned more from the deep dives than the pithy statements yeah yeah I've been transformed by the long reads yeah the Martin and Malcolm in America long reads, yeah. uh, the um, uh, reading Howard Thurman. It's been the deep dives mm-hmm. that have shifted the way I understand it. It hasn't been the short, little, pithy statements. Yeah,
1: which is no, which is great. I know, I'm glad you said that out loud. But I'll say to uh, those of us who are listening, who are in congregations, who are not leaders, who are not pastors, and are just listening to us just for some, just understand. Um, I'll say this again. Request from your leaders that deep dive that, that Brian's talking about, or, or offer to or, lead or, or, the deep dive. I, I was just I was just going to say, or offer yeah. to lead the deep dive. Yeah. Uh, I, just a quick story, you know. I had uh, this is two instances where I've had some some leaders in the church, but not actual leaders in the church. We and we know who those people are. You know, people who run the church but don't really run the church, quote unquote, have come to me over the past year in twenty twenty and said. You know, I, you know, I'm trying to deep dive into this thing of, this thing called racism and American understanding. I'm only getting, you know, 10 people. Yeah. We have a 200 member church, I'm only getting 10 people or 20 people, so what? Yeah. So what, continue yep. doing it. That's, that's, that's what needs to be done. What I will tell you though, is just what, I, what, I, what I've said to those individuals who have come to me and said, is your pastor involved? Does your pastor know? Does your, does your leadership know does your session know or fill in the blank does your leadership know because what, what you need to do is make sure your leadership knows because if the leadership knows they make it a point to let everyone else that they know about it they will be included because the church goes where the leadership goes yes right the, the, the church goes where the pastor goes church goes where the leadership goes yep. okay uh, that's the first thing I'll say to those who are listening uh, to uh, who aren't just in congregation not leadership the second thing I'll say is you know it whenever you do take the deep dive don't be, def- don't be afraid to say, I don't know, mm-hmm. or I don't understand. You know, because I think so many times what ends up happening, Brian, is we'll go into those deep dives, we'll disagree. No, let me, let me take that back. We wanna understand, we'll transform that into a disagreement because we don't understand, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's something, because we, we, we don't understand it, so it must be wrong, or it must be something that's made up, or I heard something differently. I would highly recommend you just simply put it to the side. You know what, I'm not sure about that one. Put it to the side, do some more deep diving, and then pick that back up at another time. Don't let that be a stumbling block for you to continue asking the why that Brian talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. Because that's another key thing that I've heard over 2020, which is we'll get to a point where you you can't get past. You know, Something that you've heard, something that you, you know, from people of color, um, why, you know, the, the big thing I hear is, you know, we have this big discussion on why people of color are—you um, spoke to it earlier. You know, economically or mm-hmm. right, and there's a big discussion as to why that is. Yeah. You know, um, and I'm happy to have a conversation, but don't let your feelings on specifically why that is be a stumbling block for you to continue on, because I'm telling you. That's just a piece of this system that is racism in this country, right? So we can't let those little things be a stumbling block. I would pick it back up. That's part of being a disciple and our discipleship. But I wouldn't suggest that you set it aside. Don't let it be a stumbling block, and then move forward, and then just come back to it. And that's part of you keeping asking that why, 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 why is that happening? Why is it, why are you have that feeling? I think uh, yeah, I think that's an important part of it as well. Yeah. Um, we did get into a lot today, didn't we? We, we did. did. I you know, I, we, we, we we went a little bit. We it's just just behind the curtain we said we'd go for twenty minutes. No no
0: no no that is not true. That's true. You said I said that. You said twenty minutes. And, and you And said, I said there's no easy forty. There's
1: no way. And, and yes it was right. And you were right.
0: So it, it is it is a,
1: a passion of both of ours. Uh, we, we love bringing this to you. We will continue to do so. Um, but as a sum, as a summary, what we both learned in twenty twenty is that we have come a long way and we have a long way to go. That long way to go must include you. All my white brothers and sisters who are listening to this, right? The two of us, everyone together on a journey to a beloved community where in fact we can come to the table, have conversations, express that mutual forbearance that we talked about, have an opportunity to really live into our discipleship, as Brian said earlier, where we indeed reflect the light of Christ into this world, um, so that that's one thing in twenty twenty. Um, the the second thing is you know just, just to keep going. I guess yeah. you, you know to, yeah. coming into twenty twenty one. You know we I said earlier there was a lot that that pandemic there's a lot going on there's a lot we brought it from twenty twenty. As a matter of fact, I remember seeing a lot of Facebook um, posts and tweets when on New Year's how um, people kicking. Kicking down the door of 2021 and, you know, I saw one post that had a, they were a fire and they were throwing 2020 into the fire and all. And that's, that's great. That's wonderful. But what I'll say to that, that representation, if it's truly how you feel, let's put it all back there. Let's have a new mindset of discipleship that Brian talked about where we truly seek to be light of Christ in the world. And find ways where we're not actually accomplishing that and to transform and be transformed
0: into them last thing i want to say is that uh we have uh reached the point in this podcast where we need some ideas so if you're listening and you're like hey brian ralph you should talk about hey drop us a comment send us an email you know how to get a hold of us Uh, i think it'd be really fascinating to see kind of what people out there uh you know the seven people who listen to us Mm uh what they uh what you all would find interesting absolutely uh, because you know, part of what, like, so one of the things that I said, well, when we started this is that it'd be easy to talk about it once and then mm-hmm. put it away and wait until something else happened. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the goal right now is let's keep the conversation going mm-hmm. when the temperature in the room is lower, right? George What hasn't just happened. Right. The temperature in the room is lower. Yeah. And I think it's in those windows when the, when the temperature in the room is lower yeah. that we have a unique opportunity. So if you yeah. got an idea, let us know. That be great.
1: It's been great, buddy.
0: As always. Thank you. Take care. All right.